You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Welcome back to the XOXO After Darkcast. Today, we're doing a quickie, and we are talking about something very much in the zeitgeist, the Handmaid's Tale Yay. by Margaret Atwood, now a Hulu series. As I say this, I feel a need to say we were not paid for this. No. This is not an advertisement. If Hulu would like to pay us. Right. We will accept Hulu's money. Yeah. We um, would like Hulu to be a sponsor. XOXO <laughs> after Darkcast. Right. Yes. But and if it helps, I literally just signed up for Hulu so that I can Did watch you really? This. I Get steal my out. Oh no! Oh, well, it's steal. free I borrow trial. But a friend's neighbors. No, that's how that's how I get my Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pay for Netflix and then I let my friends use it because you can do that. So even it's even it's yeah. fair. But uh, so they are coming out with a is it a full series or a mini series? It's like eight. Episodes, I believe it's a I limited think. series. Yeah. Limited series so. starring Elizabeth Moss, who I adore, even though she's a Scientologist. I know. <gasps> Sorry to all our Scientologists. Totally listeners. agree, and yeah. I love her. I, I like love her. I think she's weird and by amazing. the way. I loved her, thought she was the best thing, and I found that out about her, and now she's dead now to me. Now she's dead to you. Okay, but so who of us has read The Handmaid's Tale? I'm raising my hand on uh, an audio medium. Okay, Lauren yeah. has not read yes. Lauren yeah. read it and doesn't remember it, maybe. No. I, you read part of it? I, I think I started it and was like, what's this shite? I was in college, I, I mean high school, and I just feel like I was not... In the place to it read it, right you know, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. that I'm not like completely in support of women, and that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I just didn't oh, want to yeah. go there, and it's dystopian, and I didn't read that at that time, oh, you know. It's so good, though. Yeah, and and I guess it should be said that at the point of our recording, um, we are pre-watching the show. So, oh yes, talking yes. about the books right now. So we're going to be spoiler-free on the show. Mm-hmm. No worries there. So, but we will. Maybe this is spoil one of my book. favorite books of all time. I reread it last year. I read it oh, first in college, maybe high school. I love Maybe the college. gamut that is your favorite books encompass both Gone with the Wind and The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> to you be really fair, think it's I that feel amazing like there's a because thesis. I have to go on a plane in yes. a week. It is that amazing. And I sh- that's the one. It's a, Take quick, it. yeah. it's a quick read. The world building, which I know is important to you, is oh, exquisite. I heard it was. And it, um, it plays off of, it's all, as she said in many interviews, it plays off of all historical things that have really happened. So mm. it's very credible that, that this could happen. Could happen. Yeah. And, um, and I love her turns of phrase. There are certain turns of phrase that that she has in there mm-hmm. that have, that I remember underlining at nineteen. And when I reread it at thirty, I still same copy. No, different copy. Uh. I couldn't find that copy. I think I must have given it to someone. I gift it to my little cousin sometimes. Like I love the creating handmaid's tale. feminists in the womb. Somebody has to make people feminist. It's yep. me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it is the characterization is really interesting. The it's all very believable. The banality of evil. Oh yeah. Which I think is a really interesting theme. And her economy of world building, I guess, right. in a way, like. It's not a surprise because it's also out in the language of mm-hmm. the show and mm-hmm. it's clear from the book, but the convention of naming the handmaids in this mm-hmm. world. Of Fred they're is her stri- name. Yeah, they're stripped, they're stripped of, of their, their names. And, and you meet them as Offred or Offred. And oh, it's, I've, I've it's, never heard it said. I've it's only said Offred. Right, right. I, I mean, and, but of course it's literally they're taking on the names of their captors. Mm-hmm. Um and oh, I'm already like pissed. Are you sure ha- I'm going to ha- like this? Yes, it has something, it has so much to say about the nature of 
of personhood for women? Mm-hmm. Do we do we count women as people because they are people, or do we count women as people because they are angels in the home and gave birth to all of us, and the capacity for birth is what makes them worthy mm-hmm. worthwhile in society? That's uh, such an easy answer. You would think, uh, but you'd be wrong about what's going on in our country right now. Right? <laughs> so yeah, um, and it is so, and the layers because of course it's not. It's not as simplistic as men are in charge and women right. are all subjugated. No, there, are there are these, these class layers and there are... Uh, complicit female I'm, characters. Yes, I was like collaborators isn't the right word. But you know, complicit female yeah. characters are people who have bought into the worldview mm-hmm. because it serves them in a certain way. It might 100%, yeah. And, and, um, and there is perseverance. There is, I think, a very distinctly female method of perseverance, which may not be quite as... Shoot them up. Yeah, as flashy. But a, a, but a mm-hmm. quiet resistance. Right, and and there's a level of the ways in which women communicate with each other and sustain each other uh, and do so under every circumstance in, in. any setting. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Uh, well, it, ironically, I'm the only one who hasn't read it, but I did hear uh, an NPR interview with mm-hmm. her. Mm. And I hated the interviewee interviewer because mm-hmm. she was asking such stupid questions. So it made me really like Margaret Atwood, but she was kind of a like douche about it because she would be like, huh, well, that really wasn't what I intended. <laughs> you know. And But the questions were bad, so mm-hmm. I was totally on Margaret's side because they were bad questions. She's a toughie, Margaret she Atwood. She was very cold, and she grew up in isolation in Canada, mm-hmm. in the woods, mm-hmm. which is where she felt that she got um, these the kernels of these ideas for yeah. this book. And the interviewer kept on being like, so is that why you're a feminist? She's like, or why you, you know, all those different things about feminism and women's roles. And she was like, yeah, no, I just went to high school. <laughs> no, that's not really what I was thinking at all. Like, <laughs> so me. Right. Yeah, Margaret Atwood does not believe in the yes and. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it's very interesting to think that so many women have taken this you're both very passionate about this book mm-hmm. you both love it you're both like yes do it and it's such a a, a a touchstone for many women and it's interesting to me that I wouldn't say she was banal about it but she was definitely well she wrote it a long time ago yes mm-hmm. I she mean did. she's done a lot since then and I I imagine if I were a creator like that being she's asked, like I moved on a right. long time ago well yeah can you, like it's like interviewing to- I once saw this interview with Toni Morrison that rocked my world where the interviewer, it was recent. I mean, so Beloved had come out, what, 89? Yeah, Yeah. but everybody loves Beloved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. I love Beloved. My husband's favorite book is Beloved. Yeah. Of all time. Okay. So. I think it's cute. Yeah. So (laughs) the interviewer said to her, do you go back and read your book? So obviously it's been a long time. And she said, yes. And then he said, what did you think? And she said, it's really good. <laughs> I kind of love it. It was yeah. like my favorite thing I've ever seen to celebrate your own intellect yes. and to not hide behind modesty or e- real right, no or false. fake. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times we are ingrained with to, to set ourselves down. And, I agree. And downplay our earlier work, but to just take joy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. I think I would be a little annoyed if I'd written, I don't know how many books Margaret I know. And at Maybe not so much now because she has been doing more science fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't really call The Handmaid's Tale science fiction in, in the it's traditional genre of things. Yeah. No, because there's but not. That was a bit of an outlier for right. her given the rest of her stuff. I mean, we talked at some point ages ago. One of one of her books that really has also stayed mm-hmm. myth, with me is an early work of hers called The Edible Woman. Oh, which yeah. Which is completely contemporary. All the, well, it was the 
late 70s early 80s something you know Mm -hmm. but no no mystique no dystopia super feminist and interesting about body politics. I felt that way about uh, Robert Bride. So one of the things she also mm-hmm. picks up on and I think runs through her, throughout her work and I think that will resonate with you, Lauren, is um, a well-versed and and rich understanding of the role of fairy tales in our collective mm. unconsciousness. And so one of the things that she does so beautifully in Handmaid's Tale and I think in Robert Bride as well and probably in Edible Woman is she plays on some of these tropes. Okay. And, and so it although it is a new and modern and interesting space, it also, there's a deep resounding familiarity. Women are princesses or they need to be saved? No, in what way? Uh, fairy tale. I'm fairy just curious. tale and imagery. Mm. She was playing, I think it was in, was it in Robert's Bride? Or no, I'm really thinking she wrote this Bluebeard's Egg was yeah. one where she plays on the Bluebeard myth mm-hmm. of the man who marries a marries a woman and says, "You have the run of the castle, and here is mm. the key that opens all the doors. You, you may not open go. this one door." Mm. And she and does. then he, invariably she does and finds the heads of all of her predecessors mm-hmm. because they that's what she fails the yeah. test. Because um, everybody fails apparently, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. So she just has an understanding. It that's interesting. Throughout. So I, especially in college for a time, got very into fairy tale and and kind of the well, a handmaiden is. Very medieval, if you will, and that tends to be very fairy tale esque mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and biblical. Uh, there, there's a lot yeah. of Rachel and Leia uh, themes. Yep. Mm. Um, anyway, so that's our bid that you all go read it and hopefully watch. I'm gonna want to watch it. Oh yeah. Oh guys, go look at the Times article about the show on yeah. Netflix. Mm-hmm. It on Hulu. Yes, it says go for it. It's pretty graphic. Good. Like, yeah, graphic. it looks amazing, and it appear. I'm so glad that it appears from all the earlier reviews. Got a great review. To have been really well done. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, mm-hmm. so uh, attention to detail, to, to prose. Mm-hmm. They were very, very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what we're XOing this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So until next time, remember that the best conversations happen, happen after, after dark. dark.